Welcome to the Mustang Owners Podcast. And now your host, John Cooler. Hello, Mustang fans, and welcome to another Ford Performance Edition of the Mustang Owners Podcast. I'm your host, John Clore, and as the Enthusiast Communications Manager for Ford Performance, I hope that you are reading my efforts in the Enthusiast section of FordPerformance.com every week. And as always, my co-host is none other than a longtime club president and Mustang hobby and industry guru, Mike Ray, who is known in the Enthusiast world as the King of Connections. And Mike, it was because of your connections that we get to talk to this guest tonight, which is going to tell a wonderful story about this wonderful hobby we're in. So talk about the king of fun. <laughs> That's our, that describes our guest tonight very, very well. Well, yeah, <laughs> ladies, ladies and gentlemen, we want to welcome uh, Aaron Duncan of Duncan Brothers Customs to the Mustang Owners Podcast. Aaron, thanks for taking the time out tonight to talk to us. Hey, hey, hey. Thanks for having me, guys. Super excited to do this, man. A, a tremendous honor. I mean, you guys are legends so this is great <laughs> no, no the, the legend part of it is that we get to talk about duncan brothers customs you know you guys are down there in paducah kentucky and and uh, the chance that i got to, to come across your work and to see you is is because of let's face it the king of connections mike ray was the one that kind of introduced me to what a great story you had and mike if you remember um i don't know when when did you find up first meet the duncan brothers was it joey and aaron that you met well, believe it or not, I don't even actually know who it was when I first met because the first time I ever seen those cars or heard about them, I believe, now Aaron, correct me if I'm wrong, but 2010, I was at SEMA. Was that the first time you guys ever put those out, um, the old retro build cars? Yeah, that would have been, it was 2009 or 2010. It was right around there. Um, and Mustang yeah, Monthly did the article and SEMA stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. Oh, you were, yeah, 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 yeah. And I actually wasn't at that show, but that would have been, in the retro build day, it would have been oh nine or ten. I want to say somewhere around somewhere around there. That was when um because I I remember it coincided with Mustang Monthly doing the story, and then there I think there was two or three, and then there was another one we did with Retro Built there in twenty twelve. Um so yeah, there's been a couple of those SEMA shows uh that we've done, you know, between Retro Built and Duncan Brothers, and uh, sometimes they they run together, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's well, the know, story. You know, yeah, the we want to tell that, Mike. With John, Mike, the funny the funny thing with that is SEMA yeah. um that was my first time ever at SEMA. And if I could pick one car that really took me my breath away, that whole show, it was that. Oh, yeah. And we're going to have to explain that to the crowd because there's a, let's face it, folks, uh, you know, if you're all over the country and, you know, up in Canada or in Mexico, nowhere, if you're listening to us uh, from across the pond, um, everybody's got their favorite custom shop. And um, a lot of people have some very talented people in the hobby, but it's not until you see, um, the things that Joey and Aaron that produce nowadays, and and I, I'll be admit to going back to those retro built days when I thought the idea of taking a modern S197 Mustang and trying to shape some kind of a classic body onto that car was very cool. When I first saw them, I thought they were great. But Aaron, it wasn't until I got to meet you just in your last intro in Dearborn, Michigan at Ford's Garage, where we talked about the difference between what you do and how you jumped into that business and what those early cars were, because there was something about taking an early classic Mustang body and putting it on S197 where the proportions just, there was just something a little off. 
And you, being the artist that you are, you spotted that. And we had a wonderful conversation about it. And I think that's what separates you uh, from what people might consider. Oh, I remember that. I remember Retro Bill. But the Duncan Brothers do that now. Aaron, is that really what got you into this? Uh, Maybe why you left and why you came back into this concept? Yeah, it's kind of a wild story. I mean, um, you know, to to start from the beginning, so to speak, um, I always grew up around cars and hot rods. Um, You know, my family all did stuff with Mustangs a lot. I mean, it was a Ford Blue family through and through. Um, Most of them from Michigan and, you know, um, uh, Detroit area and um, the rest down here in Paducah. And I was kind of raised back and forth between the two places. But my dad um, was crazy into them. And so we were always around them and I was always tinkering with them and, you know, not professionally trained in body work or things like that. In fact, I always make the joke that most of the people we work with are much more talented than I am and professionally trained. And I feel like I can design cars because I don't have that limit of like, we can't do something <laughs> like, because I'm just like, well, why can't we like, you know what I'm saying? So like, that, that, that's been a big thing. Um, especially with some of my body guys and some of the fabricators like, dude, are you serious? And then I'll almost explain the backwards way of doing it. And they're like, Oh yeah, that makes sense. We can do that. Um, but like, so I was doing cars and, um, you know, always, um, kind of just working basic jobs. Uh, I worked, uh, for a local car dealership for a while and then, um, honestly to pay off some student loans and stuff like that, the opportunity came up to build, um, do some Mustangs and, uh, restorations for a little side work, so to speak for people. And I was doing that because I built up a good name locally and then started kind of getting more into it and started making, um, some side money. And then we kind of figured out, I was a big fan of retro built, um, when they had first started, but kind of had the impression that like, they didn't really dial their stuff in. So at one point or another, because I had an F-197 Mustang and I was tapping an eerily similar vein to what they were doing, um, we crossed paths and they said, hey, you know, we really like your personality. We like what you're doing. Um, you know, would you like to come on board and, you know, design these and like kind of redo redo some of the stuff and set where you see mistakes. And so mm-hmm. it was that I pretty much had the rocket strapped to my back. I pulled my brother into the business with me mm-hmm. and um, we... Immediately, I mean, it was funny because we started to, like working to design the cars, but we they never got to fruition because, like, as soon as my brother and I's like personality started hitting the circuit, it was just like we got so busy and like the and like sales became this and that, and um, we never really got to do the things we wanted to do the cars and like you know and like no no disrespect to to um, the like the former guard or retro built or any of that, but it was just a difference in um, opinion on design and um, things of that nature. So we never got to execute it the way we really, really wanted to, because like, I think they kind of were like, Hey, it looks good from the door forward. We don't have to worry about anything back. And like, to me, the proportions were kind of wonky. The quarters were weird. The back end was um, God knows what, and there was just little mistakes. And in their defense, I, think when before we had crossed paths they never expected to be a production thing they just want to make one or two and then go back to doing uh mopars or kind of other cars or whatever it is they do so when we came on board we said hey this is a great idea we want to push this mustang initiative let us redesign them and we just never got the full opportunity to do it so eventually we left retro built um my brother and i briefly worked for jason and lonnie uh at gateway good buddies of ours we kind of you know, it's the same way I met Mike and the same way I met you eventually. It was like, 
you start doing these show circuits and all that stuff. And it's such an interesting thing. And I can say this as um, a, a relatively younger guy in this industry. I'm 35 now. But when you first break into it, especially when you go to like a SEMA or a Detroit Autorama or a Carlisle, you just think when you're on the outside perspective, like, man, this is so big. I just can't believe this. But then you kind of start realizing you're running into the same people and the same folks and um you and you kind of build up a little bit of a of a camaraderie and brotherhood with them so joey and i left retro built and it was like the next day we started working for gateway and that was a a real brief old tenure because it was after that we'd had a good relationship with sct performance um and had built a couple cars for them at sema years before and they called and said hey we're really interested in you doing a car for SEMA this year. And Joey and I said, well, we're not actually with Retro Built anymore. And they said, well, we don't really care about that. What are you guys doing? And so like me and my brother kind of looked at each other and <laughs> it, it was not an easy decision. Cause I mean, we were literally on the road with Gateway at that point. I think we were in Tulsa when I got the call from them and it was like June. It was, it, yeah, it was June. And so me and Joey looked at each other and like, could we pull a skeleton crew together and build a car for SEMA? Like, and so like, we started kind of just coming up with ideas and this and that and um, called my buddy Trevor, who had one of our prototype cars from RetroBuilt. And um, Trevor, and uh, and the world knows Trevor as Ricochet. He's a wrestler in WWE, but we actually mm -hmm. grew up together and had been best friends since we were kids. And so when, <laughs> when he had got this prototype car from RetroBuilt years before, I told him, hey man, at some point I'm going to make this car right. Like I'm going to make it look the way you want it and this and that. And so like called him and said, Hey man, I think now's the time uh, I'm going to do that. You remember that favor we talked about? I said, yeah, I said, now, now's the time we're going to build it as a SEMA car. And like I said, this was June and we only had like, you know, four or five, six months, something like that. And it was just like, you know, here we go. <laughs> and that was essentially it. And so we managed to get the car done for SEMA and done really well. And like a lot of the design pieces and a lot of those things, um, happened right away uh because of that build and so like we started that build and that's literally how duncan brothers really started you know we took it to sema and it was like we built a bunch more and we had people very interested after that and we had some people that remembered us from retro built and then other people that just thought it was a completely different entity because it looked so good and so close oh yeah and that's what struck me, you know, Mike often will give me a lead on something really cool. And I think it was um, May of 2021, I get a phone call and he said, um, you remember I introduced you to Aaron Duncan? Well, guess what? They're coming to Dearborn. They got two of their cars. You want to come out? And I said, uh, where is it? And at Ford's garage. So I think it was in May um, when Mike calls, I, I answer <laughs> and I drive up and what looked like two classic 69 mustangs right there in the front lawn and i see this gunmetal 69 fastback i found out it was called the john wick tribute fit for bobby yaga and the other was a black 69 shelby gt500 convertible with red stripes and it had this really cool interior red except when you get closer they weren't 69s <laughs> they were they were yep. the, the boogie mad mustang uh started out as a 2012 kona blue and it was Kim and Mike uh, Haslip's car. And then the GT500 that you guys call the DB500 uh, started life as Kevin Cranston's 2011 GT convertible. And I, I, I couldn't, I mean, I, the more I look at them, Aaron, the more I realized, you know, these cars are one of a kind, cool. I mean, you can do anything you want with your Mustang, but you've kind of created a, you take, you took the I retro build idea 
and taking it a step farther. And then the whole time, Mike Ray's got this big grin on his face because he knew I was freaking out. Mike, how did you know that these guys were going to start entering this and all these show? I every and then everywhere I went that year, I mean, you guys were everywhere with these cars, or your owners were. Yeah, I mean, we we you guys got the premiere of those cars, and it was amazing. But that whole year um, of 2021, I mean, those those cars just dominated. I mean, I mean, I can't tell you how many awards the Hayslips won. And then, you know, it, the, both those cars went to SEMA um, that year as well. So, yeah, I mean, those cars were definitely a big thing. But, yeah, Mike, uh, obviously touch on that. Yeah, absolutely. And then, of course, they're Moxa members, right? So, um, and, John, the, the first time I think you remember seeing that car, though, was when, um, or you know, I mean, it might have been a little bit after that. It might have been literally a week or two after that, is when we were up at the Mid Michigan show in Birch Run, and they were there. Uh, the Haslips were there, and um, I wanted them to introduce you so they could meet you, you know, again personally. And right. that's when you started and did the story. Right. It wasn't until July where I said, you know, I, we had to get this story done because we had great photos of the cars, and uh, of course, Aaron and Joey uh, gave us some inside shop photos. It was the, it's in the, you know, Mike, Mike, it's just like anything else. You and I see a ton of cars, lots of customs, and uh, that there's a reason why you go to a car show in person and look at a car in person because it's all in the details. And Aaron, I have to tell you, after talking to you and we talked about, you know, I was going to do a story myself on um, Retrobuilt, and it, but after we talked about it, you, you, you absolutely nailed what I thought about those cars. And it was like, there, there are certain proportions of a 69 Mustang that just, it, it, even if you change them a little bit, it, it, in your mind's eye, they change a lot. And, and I, it was those little details that you guys worked on, on these two customer cars, I think, that really made the difference. So are, is 69, is these kind of your favorites? You know, it's kind of that whole concept of like, the one you bring is the one everyone wants. And so it just happened to be, <laughs> that the one we built for uh, Trevor um, was a 69. And that was a pretty popular one when we were retro built too, even though the proportions weren't right um, necessarily like the 69s were the dominant one for sure. And, you know, in that, you know, it, it's like, if we, if the first one we done would have been a 67, you would have had a line of people saying like, I want a 67 first, but it just so happened to be the first ones we did were 69. And there's something about it that lends itself to that a little bit. I don't know if it's the muscular look, um, but I really enjoy doing the 69s at the, for sure. Um, for sure, for sure. It's one of those things, um, you know, we did Trevor's and it was a little more in the resto mod kind of vein. And then when yeah, Mike and Kim yeah. approached us, yeah, when Mike and Kim approached us, they wanted, I mean, John Wick down to the, the the T and gave us you know reference photos and we watched the movie a thousand times and we were quoting the movie and this and that and the dog and and so on and so forth and then same thing with Kevin's car Kevin basically sent us pictures of a black and red Shelby GT500 and we said we can do that we can figure that out and stuff and like every detail about that one especially the rear exhaust exit um you know the wheels yeah. like everything on that car was meticulous and making it look like a 69 shelby like as far as accuracy goes i think that one might be one of the most accurate um as far as you know accurate to attribute i think that we've ever done because like we i mean the the wheels the tires like ev everything on that car was spot on except when you jump in the interior and it's you know a modern custom interior um and it was so it, it's just 
those little details and it was customers giving us opportunity and believing in us. But yeah, the 69s lend themselves to it, but um, we've done, you know, the 67 fastbacks too, and they're great as well. Like I'm really proud of some of those. I'd love the opportunity to take a crack because like we kind of, I don't, you know, not don't want to like say anything I shouldn't say or anything like that. But like, you know, it was my dream to do a bullet car always. And uh, it was one of those things where we, we, towards the end of our tenure with retro built um we had the opportunity to do one and like my name's attached to it like crazy and it was one of those things where like we had one design in mind it didn't go over well joey and i left the company after that and the result of that you can kind of see it in the retro bullet mustang which it's got its own life and it's one of the only awards and stuff like that but as the design guy i'm i see it and i'm kind of like oh no you know what i mean and so everything that we designed (laughs) on that car when we designed that didn't end up on the finished car ended up on what would be yeah. called the Steelers car. So if anyone goes to our website and you look at the Steelers car, um, picture at Highland green debadged and all that stuff with like the torque source wheels. And you can kind of see what our original vision was for the uh, bullet Mustang. And so, so yeah, it's, 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 it really just depends on the person, you know, it depends on the person. Um, 69 with those quad headlights, people really seem to love them. So, it, it, you know, it always depends. Oh yeah. Well, the you know there's there's uh, an affinity, if you will, about the '67, '68 fastbacks, and of course the '69s, and there's just something about those cars. Uh, and people, you know, Ford is always uh, doing research all the time on classic Mustangs. And you know, back 15, 20 years ago, we did a poll where they said that the most popular Mustang was the '67 or '68 fastback. And you know, I don't know how much of that is attributed to the Bullet movie. But, you know, globally, it's that one's the one that got it attention. But lately, the number one search car in a lot of these consignment shops and through the hobby is a 69 Mustang. And it's a 69 Mach 1. And it's not a 70. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. I, I think the 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 scoop in the hip, kind of, you know, the thing that um, that Larry Shinoda took out of the car when he was there under uh, Monkey Nutson <laughs> was a thing that the, the people actually put wanted back in on the car that. Uh, and you guys really, I mean, you just nail it. And what is it about a an S197 that makes it more adaptable than, say, any of the uh, the other Mustang chassis? You know, once again, kind of coming from that professionally um, not trained background, um, it was one of those things, the S197s came out. And I think if you were a Mustang person, you could draw parallels to any of the first-gen Mustangs. Like when the S197 first came yeah. out, I seen things about it that were 69. I seen things about it that were, you know, 65, 66. I seen things about it that were 67. It just depended. Yep. Like it, it, like right out of the box, it lent itself to that so much and that whole retro movement. And I think, you know, even enthusiasts, like, so like you know, people that aren't our customers and stuff like that, you look and there's a fleet of like parts out there from so many brands to make them look retro, um, you know, to make them, these things look just unbelievable. I mean, whether it's classic design concepts or Serenis or any of these um, companies, you know, there's a zillion products out there to make these cars look retro. So it was one of those things where I definitely, I got my first S197 in 2007. Um, and, you know, immediately, um, and I mean, it was a beautiful car too. I still have it. I still have the car. And I always call it the Genesis card of what we've kind of done now. Um, because it was mm-hmm. just one of those things where I seen it and knew the aftermarket availability out there, but 
it just kept being one extreme to the other. It was like, you know, at first it was like, oh, we'll do a shaker. And then it was like, okay, well, we've done that. What can we do now? Well, let's make custom headlight buckets. Let's make custom <laughs> headlight buckets. So we started messing around with 69 Mustang headlight buckets. Okay, well, we kind of got that figured out. That's that's kind of cool. We figured out how to sort of morph that into the car. What if we figured out taillights at this point? And so it just kept doing <laughs> one thing after the other. And, um, you know, just like the Mustang hobby, um, when you're, when you do designs and stuff like that, um, you know, when someone says they'll buy a Mustang or buy a, a car and they say, well, I'm just going to do this one thing to it. And then I'm satisfied. It's like, you're never done. You're never done. Like, you know what I mean? And so, um, we started doing these things and then what was a hobby, um, and a very tedious and expensive thing started turning into people saying, Hey, I like that. Um, when we would go to shows, can I, can you do me one of those? And we were like, really? Like you want this? Like, okay. Like, you know what I mean? And it oh, was yes. just like, yeah. And so it, it, it just turned into that. And like coming from just a standard black S197 that, I mean, our neighbors were looking at us like we were crazy when we were, you know, cutting the holes in the hood and, we, the we apart, doing yeah. This and like, yeah. And they were just like, this is a nice looking, you know, at the time, brand newish car. And it was just like, yeah, but we know we, we feel like we can make it better. And like, like I said, always worked around hot rodders and fabricators and stuff like that. I'm more like, despite the fact that I know how to design cars, I'm more mechanically based than anything I can do. I feel confident in anything mechanically, but like my uncle and my dad and my brother are like great fabricators and welders and this and that. And like, I can do it and have an idea of it. But um, they they don't see the design the way I do, and that's why I'm always they're always like, Aaron, what do you how how should we build this car? How should we build this car? So basically, uh, I've said it before, like I'll body work things and get, and it's like handing someone a clump of, clump of clay, and then they and then they're like, okay, we know how to make it perfect, but now we see what you're trying to tell us in your <laughs> right. weird binary well, now, language. No, no, now S197s are a little more plentiful and they're more reasonable. You know, with the, with the big push on the S550s, they've been out a while now. So it makes sense. You can get a base car, you know, uh, and not and you don't have to pay, you know, all of your money on the on the on the platform. So it totally makes sense. But you know, when I first visited um, uh, DuncanBrothersCustoms.com and saw that it wasn't just this. I mean, you guys do the hot rodding stuff, all the typical shopping. And the thing that struck me, Aaron, and what Mike and I really liked and enjoyed about your company and all of those people on staff is this is kind of like a whole family thing. Everybody in the family is involved in some way or another. Yeah. And a lot of that comes into leaning on people, your family, your friends when you need them. And that came from, you know, when it was like rewind back to when Joey and I were with gateway and we got the call for, from SCT saying, Hey, do you want to build a car for SEMA? And it, we knew it was such a large opportunity because, you know, in our eyes, that's like the Super Bowl of our industry. And it's like, you know, we don't even really have a company yet. Like, what do we do here? Because like, this is, you know, and that spot in particular, the spot that they had, you know, it was, it was replacing the gas monkey Pantera that had been in that spot years prior. The, the last car that Aaron Kaufman had built with gas monkey, which we love Aaron and we look up to him and it was just like, man, that's such a big opportunity, dude. Like we don't need to pass that up. And no. so we leaned into our family, our friends and said, Hey, we have this opportunity. We want to build this thing. It might turn into more opportunities just like it has for us in the past. And so immediately my uncle, my dad, my cousin, my other cousin, uh, friends, everyone jumped on board and we built this car in like, you know, a matter of months. And it was, you know, the camaraderie 
and stuff that we got out of that was just unbelievable. And like, we had so much fun doing that and it turned, and that's how it turned into, but you know, you rewind back and look at my dad and my uncle's story. I mean, they, you know, were second generation and their dad was a hot rod builder. And so this thing has just always been in our DNA. And like, you know, it's one of those things like, Joey and I didn't realize that we were doing something crazy when we worked together, you know, when we worked together at retro built or other companies, it was just one of those things like as brothers, we've got along extremely well and we still get along extremely, extremely well. well. And you're, and we you're both... continuing a family tradition. Yeah. It's yeah. Your, your family's yeah. tradition and... of doing this. And that's what I think that's what we loved about it. But see, when I first got involved in, in hearing about your story, um, I asked Mike, I said, wait a minute the Duncan brothers out of Paducah, Kentucky, he goes, I go, Mike, how do you, how do you come across people in Paducah, Paducah, Kentucky? And he said, social media, brother, Mike, where, where do you, where do you come up with these contacts, Mike? No, you know, I think uh, how I got introduced to Aaron and Joey were, was that through Hossa, Aaron? Collins? It was Horace. You're kidding me. No, he wanted to know because they, I think uh, they were coming in for Woodward or something. And uh, so I invited them to come out to Mustang Memories and they brought a couple cars and uh, we, we got the talk of there and the, the rest is history, as they say. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was exactly how it happened. We, we've always been like Haas's boys. Um, I need to catch up with him soon. But yeah, he's, uh, you know, just the Texas cowboy guy. And we had done a show with him once and he was really impressed with our cars. This was in our retro build days. and we're coming back from the show and he's out of gas. <laughs> and so, so me and no. Joey ended up, uh, yeah, me and Joey ended up helping him out and he drives one of the cars and it was just a, a friendship ever since. I mean, it's just a great friendship ever since. So, uh, yeah. And so, yeah, he's a he great called, guy. Yeah. Funny, funny dude. Funny dude. That's a guy that everyone should know about. Just a legend, funny guy. Well, for those who uh, don't really know, uh, uh, Haas has been around the hobby forever. Ford Performance did track him down because we found out that he was selling his S-Code Pinky Mustang. And I remember he was on a TV show, What's My Car Worth? And yeah. uh, he had put so much time and effort making that super rare, forget it was just a Pinky, but it was just one of one the way it was equipped and, and got it perfect and got it to the point where it was really, you know, the, a showboat of a superstar car. And then he just decided, you know what? We've been all over the world. We've been everywhere. And I had Jim Smart uh, track him down. And you can find the story of uh, Haas's uh, Pinky Mustang on FordPerformance.com now, just before he retired and bought a ranch up in Texas and said, you know what? Must, the Mustang hobby had been so spectacular to him. And now he wanted somebody else to enjoy that car. But, you know, Aaron, isn't it just Mustang life that, once you get the car perfect, you either move on to something else or, or sell it. <laughs> you just never get to enjoy oh, it. Yeah. You're never done. Like it, you it's said, all, you're never done. It's always on to the next one, or you're still messing with it and tinkering with it for years. Um, you know, I daily drive a 66 Mustang and it's so imperfect. And there's golly, that would be a whole nother story around that car. Um, <laughs> and that was a com camaraderie story too, but yeah, I daily drive a 66 and, um, it's one of those things like I always call it perfectly imperfect because I was like, if this thing was absolutely perfect nuts, like I wouldn't drive it. But because of the fact that it's 
just that amount of imperfect, I can always tinker with it and work on it. But like, if I want to drive it to Michigan, I'm per- perfectly fine doing that. Like I'll jump in and that's, drive anywhere. And it doesn't really matter. That's the beauty of you. That's what we love about you. So what, what do we have in store for, I mean, do you want to tip your hand? Uh, 2022, you guys going to stay busy? You're, you're tinkering with anything new? Or you plan up coming our way in, in Michigan? Or are you doing any big shows? I know you still know all the boys at Gateway. Um, is, is Carlisle in your future? What, what are you guys looking at for 2023? So, man, we got – so we're already, I mean, in the early stages of planning two, maybe three SEMA cars next year. And, like, we haven't signed the contracts yet um, of where those cars will end up. I mean, you know, we've done – stuff with SCT, I think the past four or five years in a row. So, I mean, it's likely one will end yeah. up there, but we got one that's just wild. And like, um, you know, everyone might cover your ears on this, but um, I mean, we're like, like literally I got the wheel design for the car today and a, a customer gave us, I mean, I hope you guys are sitting down a, what under 10,000 mile um, 2012 boss 302 Laguna Seca and said, cut this up, and I want you to make it your wildest car you've ever made it. And oh we combated with him for months about, like, are you sure? Are you sure? Yep. I, this car is rare, but I want it to be one of one. And we said, okay. And we put yep. the pen to the paper. And so this one will be probably one of the more wild bills we, we've done. Um, and, you know, all of them are wild, but he wants something we've just never – that's that's not been he like this this guy was so different he didn't hand us a picture he said i want what's in your head like i want, I want that so oh um gosh. it's yeah a little more in the the base of a of a ring brother style thing i mean and we're you know playing with some of just the uniqueness of that laguna seca too so it's going to be a, a a head turner for sure a head head turner and then we got another one well <laughs> yeah that's even that one alone is just unreal <laughs> just just like um the fact that we got that going on is just unbelievable but um yeah we we got that and we joey and i try to do as much as we can in the social media front and all that stuff too and like we try to be real unique with our branding and this and that we've done like um i i still got to come up there mike and get with you on the hot rods and hot wings sort of show and all that stuff like we oh do. no you guys, yeah, <laughs> folks, in case you don't know it, both Mike Ray and Aaron Duncan are into the hot sauce challenge until their heads start to steam and, and smoke comes out of their ears and nostrils. You guys aren't going to do that, are you? Oh, yeah. I mean, if, if anyone wants oh. to see that, um, and, you know, I imagine your listeners are pretty familiar with CJ Pony Parts. Me and uh, Bill from CJ's did it, and it's like a 40-minute video, and it just gets hotter and hotter. And, like, I love it because Bill is such a composed and put together individual and he's so normal in front of the camera. He can just go. It's so interesting watching him choke up and not being able to talk. Like he is so like beside himself. I'm so glad we got to talk to you before you lost your voice, Aaron, because uh, the, the hot <laughs> sauce will definitely you know, make you uh, not being able to speak. Uh, but if there's, if there's one thing we can be certain, whether it's hot wings or hot, Mustangs. We know the Duncan brothers, you and your brother Joey, Aaron Duncan, and Joey Duncan are going to make things happen. I really want to thank you for spending time with us tonight on the Mustang Owners Podcast. Oh, man, this was great. Thank you guys so much. I I know I rambled, but man, I I get passionate talking about this stuff. And if you guys ever want me back again, by all means, maybe I can convince my brother to not be uh, Mike shy and come on this thing. 
Aaron. Uh, it's really been a, a great pleasure. Thanks again for joining us. And ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining us here on the Mustang Owners Podcast. So until next time, we'll catch you down the road. <laughs>